Praise God. It is my delight tonight to invite to this pulpit Brother Dennis Clark, a great man of God, has been a great pastor for many, many years. Before that, he was an incredible evangelist. He has the heart that is after the things of God, and I think that's why I love him the most. Because he loves the Lord like I want to love him. We're glad that they're with us. I believe this service is ordained of the Lord. When we began this journey a few months ago, the Lord impressed me in prayer for seven Sundays. We call them seven supernatural Sundays. We are not expecting the preacher to pull anything out of the hat or do any kind of miraculous work himself. Because miracles don't come from man, they come from God. But I do believe that God ordains men for particular hours. And I do believe that we have seen the hand of God at work in this place. And I am thankful for that. And I I believe that tonight the Lord is going to take us higher. Clap your hands to the Lord as Brother Clark comes. I hesitate to tell this little story. Last time I was here, I preached. It's not about the journey. It's about the destination. We left after church, and there were two sweet ladies that were in a red Cadillac, just like Brother Hughes's. Brother Hughes said, I'm in this red Cadillac. Just follow me. And being the obedient man that I am, I followed that red Cadillac. That red Cadillac got to the highway there and took a left. I knew we were going to Papa's. I said, he must have forgot something at home. I followed, and I followed, and I followed two elderly all the way home. Don't tell them I said that. If you're here, I'm sorry. And I told my wife, they finally pulled up in front of a house. And I just sat there and waited. Nobody got out. And I waited. Nobody still got out. I reached and got my phone to call Brother Hughes. And he was dying laughing. He said, some ladies in my church just called me and told me you followed them all the way home. I said, I know that will be on Facebook before I ever get back to the house. I want them to know I'm very sorry for upsetting their night. They sent me a message to Brother Hughes, tell Brother Clark, it's not about the journey. <laughs> what can you say about people like Brother and Sister Hughes? How do you, how do you describe what they have meant to us over the years? This church is so blessed. I have listened to some phenomenal singing. And musicians, this morning and tonight, you don't have to take the tuck head ever about what you've got here. It's phenomenal. And I think you are, you're truly blessed to have the leadership that you have. And brother and sister Long, wherever you are, my word, my word, 
I was uh, I was so impressed the first time I met them. I have seen them on several different venues, and every time they have treated me so sweetly. Glad to have my granddaughter, her husband, and family with us tonight. We love them. I thought I saw a little girl from my church here tonight. There she is. She moved over so I'd see her. Hi, Hillary. Glad you're here. Larry and Darlene, dear friends of so many years. I sat today at lunch and listened to Brother Vickery. Enjoyed talking with him and uh, reminiscing about a lot of things and just absorbing wonderful truths and his testimony and love for God. I'm glad to be here tonight. I wish I had the ability to pull a rabbit out of a hat, but they say that it's just all in sleight of hand, so that kind of let me down. I believed it was magic all the time. I want to direct your attention tonight to Luke chapter 8, very familiar passage of Scripture to many of you that are here. I feel very strongly on my spirit, a direction from God for someone that's here tonight. And I pray that, I pray that God will have His way. My prayer this afternoon, I tried to take a nap. And you gotta get my age to appreciate a nap on Sunday. That's a spiritual thing. You really, it's a spiritual thing. Or you'll go to sleep in church. So I'll know who didn't get their nap tonight in just a little bit. But uh, I tried to take a nap and could not shut down. So I picked my Bible up and started reading. And the Lord directed me to this passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 8, verse number 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time. And wear no clothes, neither down boat in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oft times it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. I want to read again verse number 30. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? What is thy name? What a strange question. For the Lord to ask an individual like this that's standing in front of him. At a time like this, in this particular setting, looking and facing what he was looking at and facing. He asked the most probing question. What is thy name? 
We were on the elevator coming down out of the motel this evening. We got on with a nice little couple. I'll need a ride back to the motel after I tell this story. She won't wait on me. And the couple said, how are you guys? When they say that and they say it like that, how are you guys? They're probably from up north. My wife said, where are you from? He said, well, said, we're from Cleveland. My wife said, oh, said we're from Kingwood. We're not very far apart. I got in the car. I said, I can't believe you just did that. I said, when they say, what, how are you guys? That's probably northerners, baby. You may be seated. God bless you. And Jesus asked him saying, what is thy name? Every person that comes into this life is normally given a name. Webster identifies a name as a word which is used to identify a person, a thing. And it is important that we understand that all of us have been given a name. It's a name that's not just placed on our birth certificate. It's not just the name that we were called by, by our parents. But it was a name that was very, very important in our lives. This text describes a man whom Jesus met. An individual who had lived his life for some time. We don't know how long. We were never told much about his background But this man obviously had other voices calling to him. He was an individual that knew what it was like to hear other voices whispering to him. Possibly trying to identify him and tell him, this is who you are. This is what you will never be. You were only dreaming to think that it was possible that you could be this or be that. You were mistaken to feel that you could live that way. Voices that whisper in the dead of night. Voices that come to us in the daytime. Trying to identify us. Trying to plant a seed of identity in our hearts and in our minds. And so many times we're torn and we're fragmented. So many times we are distorted and we live in a confused state. Sometimes the pain and the frustration of those voices break us and cause us to have a lot of distrust in life and the people that are around us. Many times individuals are made to become distracted and it causes them to give up. These voices that speak to individuals and tell us that this is who you really are. Many of us bought into that lie. Many of us at some point in time in our life, we found ourselves buying into the lie that the enemy had whispered into our heart. And I felt this afternoon the Spirit of the Lord breathed something to me for this service and for someone that sits under the sound of my voice. Right where this man was, with all of the confusion. Many times all we focus on as ministers and as saints of God and as Bible scholars as we read the Word of God, we focus on the man's problem. He's identified as legions. 
He doesn't seem to have a name. It doesn't seem to be important anymore. He has become identified by his problem. As it is so many times in scripture, they were identified by the problem that they had. And yet right here is where Jesus Christ meets this man. This place where others had left him. This place where others had given up on him. This place where others' faith had failed to believe any longer. And this is where he finds himself. Confused. Utter confusion. Reigning in his life. Very frustrated, no doubt, with his life. Possibly separated from the company of those that he loved. Strength was taken from him. Drained without a hope. A stranger even to himself. He had reached a place possibly that he didn't even know who he was. He was not able to think about a day and a time when it was ever any different in his life. Tormented and plagued and this thing warring in his mind, convincing him, this is who you are and this is who that you will ever be. You'll never be anything but this. And all of his strength is depleted. He's a dead person to his family. He's a stranger to himself. His friends have turned their back upon him. I wonder what the Lord saw when he looked at him. I wonder whether it was like so many of us. The confusion expressed itself in his eyes. Has he lost focus on what really matters? Has he lost direction for what really matters in life? Has he given up on so much that he once believed in? Does his trust no longer even abide in his heart? Is there anybody that he can look to to help him regain his focus? His movements are somewhat unmeaningful. He finds himself torn. He finds his his speech irrational. He finds his actions and reactions to things that happened in life irrational. He could only live among the dead in the graveyard. It was a place that he found possibly that he could be contented with. A place that no people would shun. A place that other people would run away from. A place that no one would pick to lay down his head for a night's sleep. The loneliness and the coldness of his soul had driven him to the brink of possibly insanity. He no longer thinks like a rational man. He's so unhappy. He's so so miserable. He's in torment and in torment. He breaks every chain that they they bring to bind him. And yet when Jesus approaches this man. He doesn't approach him and address his problem. He doesn't look at the condition and the tattered clothes that were on him, what little there may have been. He looks at him and he asks a probing question that he buried deep within my soul for this service tonight. Who are you? Who are you really, sir? Who are you really, ma'am? Can you identify with a time in your life when maybe you knew who you were? When you knew what God wanted with you? You knew what God's purpose for your life was? You knew what God desired to do with you? But things come along and distract us. And other voices start whispering to us. And soon we lose focus and we lose direction. And we realize the purpose.
purpose of God is not being fulfilled in our lives. And something comes along to tell us that it can never be. But I come to tell somebody the devil is a liar. And if God ever had a purpose for your life, God still has a purpose for your life. If God ever had a direction for you, God still has that direction for you. In those words, as Jesus approaches him, the words that were not just simply a statement, they were words that the Lord needed him not to really answer. The Lord knew where he was. The Lord knew his condition. The Lord knew where he was and what was really going on in his life. But the Lord wanted him to answer The Lord wanted him to recognize, I don't even know what my name is anymore. And the problem is singled out by the Lord himself. And a man is made to confront the fact that I don't know really who I am. I have listened to the wrong voices and those voices have led me down a road that I, somebody helped me tonight. They've led me down a road that I never, I never intended that I, to go down. And something has gotten a hold of me and it's gotten me in its grip and it's keeping me much longer than I wanted to stay. It's taken me much further than I ever intended to go. What is your name? Who are you? God Almighty, robed in flesh, knew that man's name. Knew the the frustration and knew the confusion. And he looks at him and he said, I am legions, for we are many. So here he stands. The creation of God Almighty. A man that was not born in disgrace but a man that finds himself clothed in disgrace. A fallen individual. A man that's been torn apart. An individual that doesn't have integrity. A man that finds himself naked and lost and not in his right mind. He's not thinking like he once thought. He doesn't see things like he once saw them. He doesn't view that full circle. Something has gotten a hold of him. And to bring him back full circle, the Lord wants him to understand, first of all, I want to know who you are. And I want to know who you think you are. You think you're this way, but I've come to tell you, I've got some light to turn on this situation. This is not really who you are. I've stepped on shore tonight to help you With this answer and this question. Who are you really? Who are you? Who are you? What is a name? You've got a name. Was it just idle chatter? Or is it possible that the question... Was intended by God somehow to stir up something on the inside of this man. Is it possible that God was trying to stir something down in the depths of this man's psychic and down in the depths of this man's soul? Who are you? What's your name? 
Is it possible that he was there because he was hurt? Maybe he started off blaming that hurt. Maybe he was disappointed. Maybe disappointed himself. And whatever the reason, he felt like at some point in time, I just can't do any better. This is all I am. This is all I'll ever be. I'll never be anything more than what I am. And so he believes a lie. And he starts walking down a road that he never intended to go down. I come tonight in the Holy Ghost talking to somebody in the sound of my voice. You never intended to be where you are right now. But I have good news for you. You don't have to stay where you are right now. God is in this place to do something for you. Maybe he just gave up. Because it just got too difficult. Carrying that cross in the heat of the day was too much. Other people saw the scars on the outside. But the one that asked the question... Saw scars on the inside. The one that asked the question saw more than just a man with scars on the outside. He saw more than scars. He saw the tragedy of an individual that has started listening to a voice that he should have never started listening to it. A man that really didn't want to be like he was. A man that didn't want to live separated from his family. A man that didn't want to live isolated from everybody else. He was lost outwardly as well as inwardly, ladies and gentlemen. No doubt there were questions he asked himself. Where am I? Who am I? And the Lord steps into his life. And ask the question, what is your name? Who are you really, sir? Who are you really, ma'am? And for just a moment, something had to have taken place. Some things started rushing through this man's mind. My name? My, my name? I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know how I got here. You sit here tonight with your church clothes on, but I submit to you, there's a world out there that don't know where they're at. There's a world out there that don't understand how they got there. There's a world out there that got separated from the goodness of God. You can sit on a Pentecostal pew and that same devil will slip in here and tell you a lie that I'm not wanted and I'm not used and I'm not important and nobody cares about me, but I come to tell you that voice will take you further and it will keep you longer than you ever intended to go. Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I used to stand up here, or maybe here, or maybe 
I used to stand right here. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I fit. I don't know. Who am I? How'd I get here? How'd I reach this place? My name? I don't know. I don't know what's real anymore. All I know is I'm too dead to be alive. I'm too alive to be dead. I've lost my identity. I've lost my purpose. I've lost my hope. I've lost my integrity. I've lost my dignity. I need to be healed. I need to be helped. You're asking my name. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what happened to me. I can't even call my name anymore. My name. My name. My name. He needed a change. They said he's beyond help. He needed a place to live. They said go to the cemetery. He needed a place to pray. And they closed and locked the church doors on him. He needed someone to believe in him. And they said he's crazy. You can't help him. He's beyond help. He needed love. And they tied him up with chains. They locked him away. They excommunicated him. And then they wanted to criticize him for his bad behavior. He needed someone to walk into his life and call him by his right name. He needed somebody to walk into his life and tell him, I still have a purpose for you. It's somebody to walk into his life and tell him, I still love you. He needed somebody to walk into his life and tell him, I called you when you were a child and that calling still resides on you. He needed somebody to tell him, I have a purpose and I have something for you. What is your name? Have you forgotten your name? Have you forgotten what you were created to be? Have you forgotten the purpose for your life? Who are you? What are you? Will we leave here believing that voice that told us we could never be up here again. That told us we would never be worthy to even stand down here again. 
And yet I hear something so clearly in my spirit. Asking the question of people that said under the sound of my voice. Young men and young women that need to know God still has purpose for you. Young men and young women that need to know God still has a desire for your life. Young men and young women that need to know that God's concerned about where you are and what your life becomes. Young men and old men and old women, you need to know that God understands where you are. When do we walk away from this? Do we walk away from it while we're a young person? No, if we ever needed God, we're going to need God to navigate us through life as a young person. Do I walk away as a young married couple? Absolutely not. If I ever needed God, I need God as a young married couple. Do I walk away in midlife? Absolutely not. I need God. When the sun's shining down on my life in the heat of the day, do I give up when I become an old man? I say absolutely not. One more time. If ever I needed God, I need God today. Somebody's bought in to the lies of the devil. Stand with me. Musicians, singers. What does it matter to you, Brother Clark? I was raised in First Pentecostal Church in Port Arthur. I was a bus kid. My dad was a drunk, an alcoholic. Our home was a war zone. It's a very dysfunctional family. I'm not proud of where we were, but I'm very proud of what God did. They would come by and pick us up on the bus before buses were even being driven. First one I saw was a Volkswagen. My dad, man, the Brown family would come by and pick us up. My dad with that, we called them wife beater t-shirts on. You know what I'm talking about? Those little straps. I hope you don't, you're not here tonight. I just identified you. My dad would stand there with that bottle in his hand belt undone khaki pants rolled up in the cuff he was already drinking he'd shake that bottle at 9 o'clock in the morning when they come by and pick us up so you got my kids and you have my kids but you'll never get me you'll never get me Jack Clark will never go to that Pentecostal church For years they picked us up. An old preacher came by named Joe Duke. Started preaching a revival. Phone rang in our house one day. Daddy answered the phone. A lady there was was calling and she said, I'm she told him her name. She said, I'm blind, Mr. Clark said, I've got a young lady going through the phone directory and said, your name is the name that came up and said, we 
or inviting people to our to our church for revival. My dad got quiet for a long time and she said, Mr. Clark said, you still there? He said, yes, ma'am. He said, I want to invite you to revival. Dad went to work that day unloading a shell barge for 25 cents an hour with a wheelbar and a shovel. He said, all day long, every scoop of, gra- every scoop of that shell, oyster shell, he put in that wheelbarrow. He said, you hear that lady's voice? Her last words to him, don't wait too late, Mr. Clark. Don't wait too late, Mr. Clark. He came in that night. That afternoon, he told mom, he said, Joyce, get ready. He said, we're going to church. My mom told me out of her own mouth, I almost fainted. They got ready and they went to revival service. Mom didn't know daddy was a backslider. Daddy didn't know mom was a backslider. But God knew both of them. And right where they were. The preacher took the pulpit that night and he started preaching. Something got a hold of my dad. He walked down that aisle and knelt at an altar and surrendered his life to God. God gloriously filled him with the Holy Ghost. Our life changed. Our life changed so much. I lived, it seemed like in heaven for several years. I got up to be a teenager. Some things happened. Some voices started drawing me and pulling at me. I listened to them. And I found myself forgetting who I was. Forgetting what God had done for me. Got into some trouble. Brother Pugh expelled me from church and told me never to come back. I walked out of that church at night and I thought, you know, if the church don't want me, you fill in the blanks, okay? I started down a road that I had no business going down. And I forgot what my name was. I forgot what God spoke to me. It's a teenage boy. Texas campground. I forgot the great men of God that laid their hand on my head. And spoke into my life. And I found myself wrapped up in some things that I'd never dreamed I would be wrapped up in. One night I walked back in the church. I listened to the preaching of God's word. I listened to him sing. The windows of heaven are open. I mean, remember that. God's power is falling tonight. Remember every word that they sang. I remember listening as they sang those words. I remember walking out of the house of God. Thinking, I can't ever get back. 
Several months later, I went back. The Spirit of the Lord got a hold of my heart. I felt something tugging at my spirit. I thought I'd get away from it by just rushing out of the building and running away from the altar call. When I stepped into the aisle, had a big giant of a man named Ben Ray McDonald standing there. Golden Gloves champion for the state of Texas. The one man in that church that I looked up to. I said, Brother Ben Ray, not tonight. He said, Dennis, I'd like to just say one thing to you, if you'll let me. I said, all right. Just one thing. He said, the Lord loves you, son. I don't remember turning around. I don't remember walking down that aisle. I don't even remember kneeling at the altar. All I remember was the love of heaven sweeping over my soul, just wave after wave after wave of God's glory. And I heard myself apologizing and repenting to God. For being such a failure for listening to so many wrong voices. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord that night that I feel right here right now. That same Spirit that touched me is in this building tonight. And He's asking the question of you that He asked of me. Is this really what you want to do? Is this the direction that you want to go? Don't you understand I've got a purpose and I've got my hand on you? I couldn't see myself ever standing in front of the church, much less behind a pulpit. But because of a God that cared enough to come back to me and identify himself and make me identify myself, I stand here tonight. Can I tell you, if you stand in this building without God, these altars are open and the Spirit of God is reaching out to you. If you stand here trying to identify your direction and purpose in life. The Spirit of God is here to meet you in this altar. If you stand here tonight thinking you've gone too far, you've not gone too far. God's Spirit waits on you in this altar. If you stand here thinking you've messed up too much, I come tonight telling you you've not messed up too much. God's Spirit's reaching for you. Would you allow yourself to answer that question? Who are you? Who are you really? Are you fulfilling God's will for your life? Are you fulfilling God's purpose for your life? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you doing what God has chosen for you to do? Why don't you come join us tonight and lift your hands toward heaven and say, God, I want you to help me tonight. I want to get back on track. I want to get back where I need to be. I want to get back to the place you called me to be. I'm not happy where I am, God. I want to know who I really am. I want to know who you really want with me. What you want with my life. Would you reach out with me tonight?